Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Nash and Pine Sports Chat. I am your host, Wilson Times Sports Reporter Andrew Schnitker, and we are back with another episode. I'm here with sports editor Paul Durham. Paul, we're recording this on the uh, one-year anniversary of my starting at the Wilson Times. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's cool that you actually made it for a whole year. I had my doubts. I thought you would just quit the first week, but you stuck it out. Congratulations. Yeah, well, you know, I thought about it, but, you know, I, I had I had to uh, get, get back in the game somehow. But, no, it, in all seriousness, you know, just, just to start off briefly, it, it's been a really good year, a really – fun year. You know, I've learned a lot of stuff. I've gotten to do a lot of cool stuff here. And I just really want to thank everybody in the community who's been really supportive of me and my work and my coverage, because without you guys, nothing that we do here would be possible. But I also I also want to lead into some of that cool stuff because we have a lot to talk about this week. As usual, we're going to start off with football. I'm going to start with Hunt because a few weeks ago, things were looking kind of grim for Hunt. They had started 0-2 in Quad County Conference play. A couple frustrating close games to two teams that, turns out, are the top two teams in the conference in CBA Cock and Smithfield Selma. But the Warriors have kind of turned a corner. You know, they got back on track with the games they needed to win against kind of the two bottom feeders of this conference in East, East Wake and Southern Wayne. And then last week, they really put it all together and a very impressive 42-14 to road win over South Johnston. I talked to Juan Jackson after the game. He kind of said, you know, we played four quarters for the first time in a while this year. And now all of a sudden you've got a Hunt team that's sitting here at 3-2 and two in conference play, two games left at home against West Johnston and Fike, that if they can finish strong, they have a chance to solidify, you know, a decent seed for themselves in the playoffs and really – when you look at all the roster turnover that this Hunt team had going into the year, have a pretty good season. Yeah, I think the key is the perspective of, you know, where Hunt was. Oh, my gosh, they lost to ACOT. They never lose to ACOT. Oh, they lost to Smithfield Tillman. They never lose to Triple S. But, hey, it's like you said, those are the top two teams in the conference. So Hunt with a chance to finish 7-3 would be really good for the Warriors. Um, they're – Probably a lot better. I think a couple of weeks ago we were saying, you know, Hunt and Bettingfield play again. Bettingfield might win. You know, Hunt's now, they look better than they were at the beginning of the year. And they beat Bettingfield pretty badly. But Hunt's, uh, Hunt's coming on. They, they lost to Greenville Rose and early in the season. But, you know, they have a chance to finish with three losses would be really good. A lot has to happen for them to go win these next two games. Uh, West Johnson's not a, a pushover. And, of course, I think we talked about it. if it comes down to Wilson County championship game against Fike, you know, who who knows what's going to happen in that one. And Fike could very well end up need to win that game to get into the postseason. Yeah, the interesting thing with Hunt, too, is, you know, look at those two teams, which, by the way, CBA Cock and Smithfield Selma play each other this week in what's going to be the de facto Quad County Conference championship it's game. It's not going to be de facto. It's going to be. It's going to be. It is. But the crazy thing is, you look at those two games, Hunt lost those two games by a total of seven points. They lost to Acock by three, and they lost to Smithfield Selma 21-17, and they had a 17-7 lead in the fourth quarter of that game. So, now I'm not saying, I'm not sitting here necessarily saying Hunt deserved to win the, I mean, especially the Acock game. They had several turnovers. The defense kind of kept them in it, but we're, we're, I mean, we're seven points away from all we could be sitting here talking about 
a Hunt team that's undefeated and looking to close out a conference championship. But undefeated in conference, technically. Undefeated in conference, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it really is that close. So Hunt has a lot to play for. They're not done yet. They could feel pretty good about themselves um, going into the postseason if they can win out. So I think a lot is, you know, it's right there. The ball's in the Warriors' court, so to speak, to, to switch sporting metaphors. But, you know, it, it's up to them how they want to finish. Yeah, now, now, Paul, we're not ready to talk about basketball in here just yet. We'll, we'll give the people plenty of hoops talk in just a little bit. Well, that's true. We'll get we'll give them that in a little bit too. But look, you you know, we just mentioned a little bit about Fike. If there was ever a team that needed a convincing win going into last week, after the way things had gone for the past few weeks with the turnover plague losses, it was Fike, and Fike did that. They went to East Wake. They got a commanding win. They they took care of business. They're two and three in conference play now. Believe they have three wins on the season. Fike probably needs to win these last two games to have a shot at making it into the playoffs. But you feel decent about their chances because they've got Southern Wayne at home this week right. and then at Hunt, where they've done pretty well against Hunt in recent years and kind of, you know, it's really kind of anything goes in that game. So there's going to be a lot on the line for both sides in that Hunt fight game in a couple weeks. Yeah, not to look past uh, this week's games, but, you know, Frank with Southern Wayne, if Fike loses Southern Wayne, they shouldn't even, you know, worry about making the playoffs because they don't belong. So they'll have to beat Southern Wayne on Friday. And then we go into the Hunt fight game, which, you know, truthfully, probably a few weeks ago, was starting to look kind of like it lost its luster. I mean, it's always going to be for the county championship, or at least this year it is. So to have it now mean something for both teams in terms of what they're hoping to do, it won't, you know, it won't be the conference championship for the Quad County, but it will have a huge impact on the fortunes of both teams. So it's going to be kind of interesting how it plays out. But yeah, I mean, you know, Hunt's got a lot to to play for. They they want to get revenge on Fike, and you know, Fike's can want to repeat as county champ. So we're sizing up. We're a week away, but we're already looking to hunt fight next Friday night, uh, the Friday, the last Friday of the football season, October 28th, as being something to circle on the calendar already. Yeah, definitely. That That's going to be, I mean, it's all, you know, rivalries like that, when two teams like that get together, it's always an interesting time, but especially when there's high stakes involved for both sides. Another team that's going to be looking to finish strong, Wilson Prep, they faced that really first, you know, biggest test of their infant season last week where they had to go down to Northampton County, play a Northampton County team that, you know, looked like the class of that conference. And I don't think that game changed anything. I think there was some frustration for Wilson Prep because they lost a couple turnovers. Northampton County recovered three onside kicks in that game. So that's, you know, you're basically giving away five possessions there which is really tough. But I think, you know, in speaking with Philip Dickens, that it was a good learning experience for them about what it takes to go on the road and win these tough games. And I think, you know, next year, you know, when Wilson preps in a similar situation like that, you know, you'll see guys who are more prepared, better to execute in those moments. And they're still, you know, they're probably going to finish third in that conference because North Edgecombe's still sitting there with one loss as well. But they're going to get a first taste of the 1A playoffs in their first year, which, is again, I think is a pretty special accomplishment. And like we were talking about earlier, 
it's possible they could get the ultimate welcome to the in Eastern North Carolina 1A football scene with a potential playoff trip to Tarboro. Yeah, I got to feel like if they can't lock down one of those two uh, automatic, I mean, yeah, bids from the Tarboro Athletic Conference, they, they might get a present, well, a, a welcome present from the NCHSA to go have to play Tarboro. But the key to remember about Wilson Prep is, I mean, they're a first-year program, and they're really a bunch of first-year players. Most of those guys are freshmen or sophomores, and the ones that are sophomores um, may not have played football at the high school level before. So, yeah, there's a lot of maturity that's still left to do for Coach Dickens and his staff. Just got to be patient. You know, some of these kids, they're really talented, but they're really young. So, you know, it's, it's, it's tough coaching high school kids. It's a lot tougher when they're just freshmen and sophomores as opposed to juniors and seniors. So, yeah, this has been a big learning experience for Wilson Prep all the way through, and it's not over. So. Yeah, I think I think ultimately you've got these young guys that, you know, obviously the coaches are hoping stick with football and stick in the program, that everything that happens and everything they do this year is going to make them better going forward. Yeah, absolutely. They are a team for the future, for sure. They uh, they have most of their players are, are younger, and they'll, they'll pretty much all be back. Uh, so, yeah, but there's a lot to play this year, and, you know, they could still sneak in and get that conference automatic bid. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> they definitely have an easy game this week against the Rocky Mount Prep team that I think has scored one touchdown. Also. Yeah, that's uh, that that's not one they should have any trouble with. Looking at a team that is going to have its hand full, hands full this week, we've been talking about betting field, how impressive they had been over that four-game win streak. That, unfortunately, for the Brewers. We all jumped off the bandwagon. That's <laughs> Friday night, didn't we? Yeah, oh, I mean a little bit. You know, it's they they lost a tough game at Eastern Wayne. Like you know, we talked about you know them potentially being favored. I mean, it was a road game that essentially came down to one possession, a coin flip. Eastern Wayne is a good team. It, it, I think it's frustrating for Bettingfield because it's a fourteen to six game. Couldn't really get anything going offensively. I talked to Ben Ellis. There were some turnovers, some penalties, some mistakes that you know you're kind of right there. And if you'd won that game, you're still undefeated in conference play. But they're going to have to pick up the pieces and regroup quickly because they've got a really tough game this week on the road at Princeton. You know, it's tech, it's possible if Bettingfield could pull out the upset that you could still have some weird three-way tie scenario at the top of the conference. Oh, yeah. But winning at Princeton is going to be some pretty tough sledding. That will be some tough sledding for sure. I mean, yeah, if they beat Princeton, it's a three-way tie for first. And um, then you have to figure out um, – you know, somebody's going to have to run a coin flip or a short straw or something. And that's Rock, paper, scissors. or That's a that's a big chat task for Bettingfield right now to have to bounce back and uh, play a Princeton team that's got all its ducks in, in a row, it seems like. Um, yeah, the Bruins missed an opportunity, I think, against Eastern Wayne to certainly finish second in that uh, to a new six conference. Um but, you know, that's that's the way it is. If we look back at where Bettingfield was last year and earlier this year, I think, you know, the important thing to remember for the Bruins is they're going to be in the postseason and, you know, maybe they have a chance to do something. At any rate, this season is not just one loss after another. No, I mean, the fact that, you know, they're right there fighting for a top two spot in the conference this late into the season, I think is, a you know, a pretty good accomplishment to be celebrated for Bettingfield. And as long as, you know, no matter what happens against Princeton this week, as long as they take care of business in their season finale against Sprint Creek, like you said, they're going to be in the playoffs. And, you know, once you get in the playoffs, who knows? You know, you, you get a favorable matchup, you get a good, you have a good night, you, you know, you can find yourself making a run. 
Yeah, there you go. Or you could play Tarboro. Actually, they won't have to play Tarboro because they're too late now. But I've seen Betty Field season in and the one in play. Or I'm sorry, back in the two day playoffs with Tarboro was too. So luckily, they don't have to worry about Tarboro. We'll suppress Yeah. I guess betting field, um, betting field could end up playing Green Central, right? With the way yeah, their season's right. gone, yeah. Played them already, so That'd be a good, again, but... good measuring stick because that was of how they've improved because that was a pretty tough loss for them. Yeah, that was early in the season. Um, looking along at another tough loss, Southern Nash falls to Rocky Mount at home, second loss of the year in conference play for Southern Nash. Feels like injuries are kind of starting to catch up to the Firebirds yeah, a little bit here. They've been catching up. The Firebirds have had a lot of injuries to deal with, and it just, you know, we talk, we, we were wrong, I guess, because we said, you know, Southern Nash this season is going to come down that Northern Nash game. Well, guess what? It didn't. They lost to Rocky Mountain last week, and that kind of pretty much knocked them out of it. Southern Nash is as far down in the conference standings as they've been at this point in the season in a long time. And, you know, it's not going to get any easier with an unbeaten Northern Nash team waiting for them over uh, in Rocky Mount on Friday. And then they finish with Franklinton, which is not an easy team, you know, to beat at this point either. So, you know, it's been a kind of a tough road for the Firebirds. Um, just kind of have to get through it. I mean, they could still beat Northern Nash and, you know, get, get some seeding, but they're not going to win the conference at this point with two losses. No, that's pretty much out the door. And again, three losses. Well, two losses already. Yeah, prop. I, I mean, yeah. Well, and I think you know that Northern Nash game is going to be really tough for him. I mean, Northern Nash is having yeah. an incredible, a great season. It's at Northern Nash. I I don't want to count out Southern Nash because you know they they've got some special players. They're a well coached team, so they. I mean, they could make something happen, but it, it's going to be tough. Yeah, for them, I, I think Northern Nash of all the teams that we cover, the conferences that we cover. The five conferences, um, Northern Nash is the best team around here right now, I would say, based on what they've done so far. They're better than any team in the Quad County, obviously better than any team in the Big East, you know, and then the other – I mean, Green Central's only lost one game, but that yeah, take Northern Nash. Northern Nash is a state championship contender, I think. And, you know, Andrew Ferris is Wilson Christian graduate, coached at Hunt, coached at Fight for one year. He's a Wilson guy over there doing great things at Northern Nash. So. Yeah, no, I think it's really impressive to see what that program has done. Looking again at, you know, a, a team that's kind of been having a tough time lately. Some more woes for Barton this week. You spoke with head coach Chip Hester today. What just, you know, how, how difficult is that has this season been for the Bulldogs? And do you feel like some frustration may be starting to set in for them? Yeah, there's definitely frustration for the Bulldogs. They've lost four straight. Now, they didn't lose more than two in a row at, at any time last year. Um, but the parallels to last year, I mean, they went six and five. And everybody, oh, that's great. Your first years are, you know, first full season as a football program in 71 years. But the expectations were they did better this year. But in fact, with the exception of Davidson, which they did play last year, they've lost to the same teams that they lost to last year. And they've beaten so far the teams that they've beaten. But they're two and five. They need to win four games to finish six and five. Um, a lot of injuries this year. They haven't had any of the sort of turnovers and things that they, they caused last year when they were number one in NCAA Division Two and um, turnover ratio average per game, which is kind of a convoluted stat, but it, it said a lot about why they were so successful. They only committed 10 turnovers all of last year and forced twice as many as that. It's been not even close to that this year. 
I think the biggest thing Saturday in that 34-0 loss to number 13, Lenora Ryan, was at times Barton looked confused. They looked out of it. They looked like they were taking off plays. I don't know if it's because they were just down, dejected. It's hard to – I mean, when you're losing and then you're getting your butt kicked, it's hard to somehow even know what to do. And, you know, Lenore Ryan didn't show any mercy. You know, one opening and they had running backs taking it to the house. So it's been a it's been a tough go, but I think right now for Coach Esther and the Bulldogs are just kind of you know it's, it's the philosophy he's always kept, just do the best you can whatever you're doing at the moment. If it's a practice, if it's in play, just keep playing, just keep playing hard, just try to get better on every snap, every play. Focus on the immediate things, and then let the big picture solve itself. So now having been said, they got to go to Winget. Last year Winget came to Wilson with a number eight national ranking. Lost its first game of the season in overtime at Truist Stadium. I'm sure they're more than ready to welcome Barton down there for Saturday's game, but the Bulldogs have a lot to play for, too. So I think it'll be kind of interesting to see how they respond. But yeah, I mean, you know, Barton can still have a winning season. And I think if they do win four straight at the end of the year, it would be great. And truthfully, if they get past Winget, they've got a chance to do that because the rest of the teams that are waiting for them are, you know, Definitely more beatable than Winget is. Yeah, definitely going to be a tough go for them this week, but it'll be interesting to see kind of a, a Barton group with their backs against the wall. Looking at some other sports, we've got a we've got a lot of volleyball going on this week. We've got the Quad County tournament. Oh, man, that ball's been going all week, every every which way. Quad yeah. County, you've got uh, North Carolina Independent Schools playoffs starting, and Wilson Crusoe's getting ready to start its postseason. Yeah, you've got looking at the Quad County. You got this. This episode will be out on Wednesday. Hunt plays West Johnston for the Quad County Championship. Which, by the way, since the Quad County Conference started last year, Hunt has not lost a conference game, regular season tournament, any of that. And they're looking to keep that alive against West Johnston. They beat Fike again today. Hunt should be headed for a pretty high seed in that Eastern field for the 3A playoffs, which I think start Saturday. Saturday. And, and Fike, Fike should be in as well. They'll have Fike to go on the playoffs. They'll have to go on the road. The playoffs, yeah. Um, all out of that conference. Um, so, and Hunt's done a really good job, um, you know, in the postseason. So, recent years, you know, to, and Mount Hunt is trying to get past the third round, really. I mean, even into the fourth round, it gets a lot tougher for for three A teams after that, but you know if they can, at some point you're going to run into a you know Peak County team or something. Uh, but Hunt's you know they've got Alexandra Williams who's you know probably going to be the Quad County Player of the Year again. I can't imagine why she wouldn't be. Um, and a lot of players on that team that are really good players for Coach uh, Tiffany Rose. So maybe this is the year Hunt can break through and get a little bit deeper in the postseason. But yeah, they've absolutely dominated the quad County and they dominated the big East. The last few years, they were in that three at big East conference. Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what Hunt can do when they get into the playoffs, you know, depending on how the matchups shake out everything else. But we've also got, like you mentioned, North Carolina independent school association, Greenfield volleyball and tennis, both opened with wins today. They'll be back in action on the road on Thursday as they look to keep their postseasons going. We will not have seen Greenfield soccer during the week this week because they had such a great regular season. Double by. Double by. They're the number six seed in that NCISAA 
2A field. They will open at home on Saturday. We don't know the opponent yet. Obviously, that'll be determined by some other matchups. But I got to see them on Friday against Wayne Country Day. I'm, I'm telling you what, the Knights looked like a well-oiled machine out there. And it was a really fun atmosphere, too. A lot of people out there at Greenfield. It was their homecoming night. So if I'm a Greenfield Knights soccer supporter, I'm feeling pretty good going into this postseason. But this is a different postseason for the first time in Greenfield's long history. That's true. They will be in the NCISAA 2A playoffs, not the 1A playoffs. And years ago, there wasn't any classification. If you got far enough back, there wasn't any NCISAA. It was just whatever high schools played soccer, public or private, would get together. And Greenfield's part of that because they are literally one of the pioneer soccer schools in North Carolina. Um, but yeah, 2A playoffs this year for the first time. You expect to see a Greenfield soccer team playing deep in postseason every year. Can they do it at the 2A level this year? I think they probably can. Yeah, no, it's going to be really interesting to see what Greenfield can do. Again, if, if they play up to the level that they've shown throughout this season, I think they can beat anybody. Yeah, and they got to win one for Justin. You know, every coach has ever coached there since uh, Rick Helms has won a state championship, at least one. Justin's only in his second, maybe third year. I can't remember now. But, um, hey, they can do it for Justin just like they won for Eric uh, Wynn and Randall Mendoza and Ben Forbes and everybody else who's coached there. There you go. I'll probably uh, be out there taking in that action. I said next week when we talk, we'll have a lot more to talk to you guys about in terms of these volleyball playoffs, the soccer game. I will. Paul's going fishing this weekend. He might be able to regale us with some tales of his his catches out on Mills River, but uh, probably not if, if the past is any guy. We also have a lot of tennis coming up and, and ongoing over the weekend with regional tennis and uh, dual teams starting tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. We've got Fike hosting Croatan. We've got CBA Cock at Rocky Mount. So we've got a couple of teams out of local teams out of the Quad County Conference looking to make some postseason runs in tennis. Right, and then with the girls' uh, the, the girls regional in Rocky Mount this weekend, that'll be the springboard to another state. Uh, appearance for the Atkins twins, Carolina and Catherine Atkins at Fike. Maybe they'll break through and win the state championship. Yep, junior year. They've obviously, they're going to have two more cracks at it, but you know they've, they've been there a couple times now, so you think that experience is something they can lean on and can help them a little oh, bit. They are experienced, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They'll be ready. And uh, next week we will be ready to talk to you guys about all of it. But I think that's going to do it for this week. Again, you guys can listen to this podcast anywhere you get your podcast. We're on Apple. We're on Google. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon. Again, if you, if we're if there's somewhere you listen to podcasts that you cannot find us, email sports at wilsontimes.com and I will try to rectify that. But again. I want to thank everyone for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Goodbye.